Jensen, our executive producer, is telling us there's not a clip to play from the debate. I know. I know. I watched the freaking debate. I know there's no clip to play from the debate. It was a waste of time. I I should sue somebody. They took two hours of my... You've stolen my childhood. They took two hours of my life. How dare you? (laughs) Anyway. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. To discuss other things, because politics is still how we run the country, please welcome Gary Dietrich, nonpartisan political analyst with I3, which stands for Inspire, Inform, Involve. Gary, how are you, sir? Hey, good. And it's good to be here with you guys in 2020. Now, there are two things out of last night's debate. Way to show up on a scarf, Gary. I appreciate it. That's a nice looking scarf, too. Thank you, brothers. It is chilly outside. You know, get it in the pitch black, and here you are, and it's like, you know. If you're a native California, you got to deal with this. You're soft. Thank uh, you. I, I know so you guys. Two hard, things you're saying. Two, two things. things. No, two things. One of which had nothing to do with the two hours of the debate. It had to do with after the debate. Jack, did you watch the 60 seconds after the debate when uh, Elizabeth and Bernie didn't shake hands? Yes, the yeah. non-handshake. Well, Bernie, Elizabeth went up to her, uh, up to him. I hate it when people do this. Th- this happened to me recently, actually. But I hate when people do this. They do. They say something heinous to you. Yeah, that would piss anybody off, and then they they try to come up to you. Oh, now get the f away from me! Right. And that's what Bernie did. Well, he, he, he absolutely wasn't going to shake hands with somebody who just called him a a misogynist liar. Actually, he was the one that stuck his hand out. She really retreated. Oh, really? That's yes. not the way it looked on my TV. Yes. I'll take your word for it. Because now the networks, uh, I noticed it right away. I mean, oh, yeah. I have learned that these Left like them hanging. You guys, oh, you guys know how it goes. I saw a different angle. I wonder who had that video. You anyway, guys know go how it goes. Yeah. What you say, the old adage, what you do speaks so loudly. I can't hear what you say. They had their little exchange during the debate, which was awkward and weird. And weird. I guess we don't need to delve into those details. But the afterwards, when she walked, she specifically brushed Joe Biden aside with her hand. Yeah. Walked straight up to Bernie, and he tries to stick his hand out, and she just kind of re- retreated, said something very clearly. I mean, she looked him right in the eye, said something very clearly at him. He kind of put his hands up, had a little retort. She came back, and he just kind of waved her off and walked away. Oh, man. I and just... the progressive folks are having absolute conniptions over this because this was supposed to be, after Iowa or New Hampshire, this is supposed to be the kumbaya moment. Who's gonna bow out gracefully? Right, right. And so, Nobody. so this this is for people who are, who don't follow this, and you shouldn't. Uh, Elizabeth Warren claims that Bernie once said a woman can't get elected president, which I, I guess would be terrible if you said that. That'd be I don't incredible. And he said last night explicitly, "I never said that." There you have so, it. So I mean, it's you know, I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. This is a big deal because. Uh, you know, everybody looks for at those. Who? Well, <laughs> it's, it's a big Some deal. For, you'll have to tell me what crowd it's a big, it's a big deal, deal Jack, for that wing of the party who thought this is their election. You put Bernie's numbers together with Warren's numbers together, and they far outpace the front runner Biden. So, so you think the supporters would care enough that an Elizabeth supporter wouldn't go to Bernie because? Well, that's the question mark. Up till now, it's been pretty nice city, nicety, right? Mm-hmm. And people have said, well, you know, this is quite, quite unusual. In some ways, you know, they're going down the same lane of the track and all that. But now the fissures this week are beginning to show. And, you I like know, a good fissure. Oh, you know, yeah. And so, so there's the deal on that. And the other thing is, why weren't there fireworks last night? That's the other point I was going to make, guys. Why weren't there? It's the unique nature of the caucus process. Because if I bash your candidate, Jack, and I oh, bash right. your candidate, Joe, and I'm in, a, I'm in a, one of the almost 1,700 precinct rooms, and we all got to literally go to a corner, and now I bash your candidate and your candidate, when, when your candidates don't get the 15% required to get a delegate, you have to find another candidate to go to? You're going to come to my corner? Because right. we're pissed off at no. you. You're right. You're right. If you From vote in a primary, you get one shot at it. In a caucus, you get multiple shots at it. And so 
this very strategic that right prior to Iowa, you do not tick off the other candidate's supporters. Sure makes for boredom. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that, but that's really the you're, dynamic you're that's right. unique to Iowa. Yeah, that makes per- that makes perfect sense. Yeah, the caucus system is just odd, and I don't think most Amer- Americans know about it or frankly want to. But, hey, we were talking about Michael Bloomberg earlier and the fact that he's willing to spend a billion dollars on oh, that's whatever candidate. Nothing for him. And he's already got, what did you say, Jack? A thousand, a thousand, a thousand staffers. staffers. What political political had that story yesterday? Yeah. So let's get down a little bit into the nitty gritty of politics, how politics actually works. Right. What good do those a thousand staffers do? What what are they doing? Okay. notably here. Here's the real key for Bloomberg, because he's not participating in the debates. Right. He has no traction there, obviously, at all. It's all been electronic advertising so far. Right. And he is banking on that. And believe it or not, taking a page out of the Mike Dukakis 1988 playbook. All right. When he staffed up California with by election day, 500 paid staffers. Mm-hmm. Now, they they started with just a few graduated up to get a ground game, Joe, that was unprecedented. So, for example, what does that mean that means you are organizing literally votes precinct by precinct. I mean, you pull the, the voters in advance. You then follow them up and literally on election night. People were being, you've heard about this, being driven to the polls, yeah. being called repeatedly. Have you voted yet? Have you voted yet? We want to make sure you can vote. That happens with gigantic staff I can't phone banks. That works on people. You so, call me at home and say, have you voted? Well, here's the deal. Well, who, who are you? Well, you're Don't hostile. Don't ever call me again. You're very here's the deal. It showed itself efficacious. And, for example, Santa Clara County, Silicon Valley, nationally known, they won it for the first time since 1964 in that election. Dukakis did. So the ground game, he has said, I'm going all in, and I'm going all in on advertising, obviously, but I'm going to back that up, what he says, with the most historic ground game ever in American politics. you have an idealistic 23-year-old who's responsible for a precinct, a couple of neighborhoods, Yes, and they work it like crazy, they figure out who's who and who's likely to vote, Yes, and then they literally knock on their door and ask you, have you voted yet? you got to go vote. I've been in these war rooms. Guys, there's tallies on the wall, giant sheets. Exactly. How many voters of ours have you identified? you got to get more. And so a lot of time is spent in advance IDing your voters. Yeah. And then you're calling them back repeatedly. Hey, th- just make sure you're still with us, right? Well, you know the election day. You know where your polling place is? Yeah. You know, you're going to need he any rides. tell you where it is. Right? And you're going to yeah. need any help. Are you going to need any rides? That's exactly what happens in these very highly sophisticated staff intensive. And by the way, these staff then recruit zillions of volunteers to work their actual neighborhood. Ah, I don't, okay. I, I don't know if you were listening last hour, but do you think for a million dollars you could drink a 12-pack of beer every day for a month? I was listening on the way in, and I thought, Jack, you're a better man than I am, because there's no you, way I could do you it. You don't think you could do it? Absolutely not. For a million dollars? No. What do you weigh, Gary? Well, that's confidential. <laughs> that, but that matters a great deal sure, to the sure, proposition. Let's put it this way. I don't want to make anybody in the room feel bad. I weigh less than some individuals who I'm speaking with right now. <laughs> Oh, that made me feel better. That's, You're right. That is was that great. the politically correct oh, way to say that? that They're was, not going to shake hands at the end of this, folks. That yeah, was, I know. But fortunately, fortunately, we've already got our caucus all set here in the Yamshang Getty, so, so we're good. Back to Bloomberg. I think this is an interesting experiment. Um, uh, in, in, in you know, how much to what extent can you buy an election? Uh, the 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 belief is based on a lot of statistical analysis. So you can't really. I mean, you can get yourself up to a threshold of competition, but right. beyond that, what do you do with the money? But Bloomberg's going to try to prove that wrong. That he, he he's going to spend a billion dollars. The sort of organization he's a smart business guy. He's right. probably hired really smart b- people. 
it, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, I did catch you, uh, Jack, on the way in talking about the fact that you know Trump did not spend a lot of money. No. Not at all. Notoriously didn't. People are like, well, you're going to lose this thing, dude. you got two staffers. One's asleep right now. <laughs> you know. And, and the thing about it is, is that we've also seen examples in big states like California where gubernatorial candidates spent $50 million, $75 million, yeah. did not succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this is going to be an interesting experiment. And again, is it going to be a game changer such that if it succeeds, every billionaire who's ever wanted to be president sure. is coming out of the woodwork? Sure. Will there be any surprises in the impeachment procedure? Gary Dietrich is with us. He's a nonpartisan political analyst with I3, Inspire and Form Involved. I think it's hard to imagine there being them, Joe. You know, the biggest thing everybody's wondering now, are there going to be enough Republican senators that force witnesses, right, that get that side with the Democrats and say, okay, we want to have... Now we heard last night, Amy Klobuchar said during the debate, we only want four witnesses. They've narrowed the field, apparently. That that list is going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. But... That's going to be, I think, really the only, is there a game changer? I'm not even sure if that happens. It sways enough. You, can, you can't get two-thirds even with that, right. which is what you have to get to, to uh, throw them out. I, I got a question for you, because I think this would work. If Mitch McConnell or, or whomever, one of the Republicans, says, listen, we're willing to stipulate Trump did everything you say he did. He tried to get him to investigate Biden. He sent Rudy over, blah, blah, blah. Every bit of it is true. And we don't want to boot him out of the, the White House. And you call for the question right then. Right. Yeah, okay. exactly. All those infos. Every gonna... witness, every piece of information you're going to bring us, we agree to it. You're right. Let's vote. Yeah, I don't think you get 67 votes out of that. No, no way. Well, okay. Let's go through the motions anyway. It's good for uh, kids in civics class in school. <laughs> of course, there isn't civics class in school. There's why to hate America classes in most schools. Gary Dietrich. Hey, uh, go to GaryDietrich.com or what's the, what's the uh, organization website? I3. It's uh, I3Inspire. Uh, I3 Just go to GaryDietrich.com. It's going to be easier. We'll take go you there. Go to ArmstrongandGetty.com. We'll have a link. There you go. Gary, thanks a million, man. Okay, guys. Good talk to, to you soon. All right, go the get scarf and the, uh, and the reminder that you weigh less than us. So yeah. Nice. yeah. I should have come by for that. Um, <laughs> uh, coming up, among other things, um, how much allowance kids get and what they spend it on. I'm just, I'm just trying to throw out some other things that got nothing to do with politics. So you know that that is uh, on the way. Yes. Yes. Uh, although I found that all that very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was I was very skeptical going in, and I found all of that interesting. A notable rapper has left social media because it's too horrendous and sickening and and, and negative. Um, and this rapper is not exactly known as a paragon of positivity either. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, more bums and oh, the the women squatting in the houses in Oakland in the house in Oakland got thrown out. Judge says no, you got to go. I got something clearly. I got something kind of depressing, but a look oh, at a, 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 a deaths of despair. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it is depressing, but it's probably the story of our time. It might be, no doubt. Anyway, all that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How much allowance do most kids get in did did most kids get in 2019? What they spend it on? Have that in a minute. The Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, D. Cal, San Francisco. 
poopy. Anyway, uh, she just uh, did her big, uh, we are ready, after an inexplicable three-and-a-half-week delay to deliver the articles of impeachment to the Senate and <laughs> named. And listen, if you're hoping the impeachment TV show was going to be worth watching, she named Adam Schiff and Gerald Nadler to the head posts of being the uh, the, the House managers of impeachment. It's essentially the prosecuting attorneys. Uh, so, old, god dang, fat Nadler and pencil neck Schiff. Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. Just stole the words right out of my mouth. So the very same speeches you watched last time, and then are the Republicans going to find a way to get uh, Jim Jordan and whoever else in there? And and Mark just, Meadows, yeah, they're, they're working on that. It's exactly the same people saying exactly the same things. Ow. As they did like nine times during that couple of week process. So, yippee! But you'll have John Roberts there in his robes rolling his eyes. <laughs> so at least that'll be new. And it starts when? Next week? Next Tuesday, I think. And then the, the minimum length, most people think, is a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm hearing if there are uh, witnesses called, and that's up to the Senate after the initial presentation of the you know the charges and the response, um, they're saying it could be a solid six weeks. That, well, okay, even if it were only two weeks, my, my conspiracy theory still holds, because that takes you up to the, uh, the caucuses in Iowa. Two of your leading candidates on the stage last night, Bernie and Elizabeth, will mm-hmm. not be traveling around Iowa, not only just like the last days, but the last weeks leading up to the caucuses. Right. They just won't be. And listen, if you're not hip to this sort of thing, the vast majority of serious political analysts, who I granted, I'll grant you, totally blew the Trump thing, but anyway, um, they say Warren and Sanders are unelectable in the general election. They can't win. I mean, that is a widespread consensus. So the Democrats have timed the impeachment. Nancy Pelosi timed it so that it would be disastrous for the senators uh, on the campaign trail. The senators are, let me think, Warren and Sanders and Amy Klobuchar, but she doesn't have a chance anyway. So you're right, Jack. That's either a, an unfortunate coincidence or it's intentional. Right. I, weren't Bernie and Liz screaming at Nancy Pelosi behind the scenes? I did think. Send them over now! Now! Or after Iowa. Of course, that would just bring, you know, New Hampshire and South Carolina. They're in a bad way. They did a study of nearly 50,000 4 to 14-year-olds on how much allowance they got last year. Big difference between a 5-year-old and a 14-year-old. 4-year-old? I'm pretty sure we didn't have allowance at 4 What's money? <laughs> and well, it's a method of exchange. Barter, if I had a pig and you had a barrel of wit, well, it's inconvenient because of the increments of the different percentages of the... <laughs> and they have no concept of what things cost, so you right. can give them two cents and they're excited. I remember that. Or two million dollars. Here's a nickel. Yay! You Would you like buy- this shiny quarter or a bank draft for two million dollars? Shiny quarter! Idiot. And they walk out of the room and they kid is you idiot. you child. <laughs> a fourteen year old completely understands what an iPhone costs and everything else. Right, yeah. Those shoes they want. But anyway, anyway, having said that. Yeah. <laughs> That's an Armstrong and Getty uh, hallmark. <laughs> Ruining things before we do them. That's what we do. 
Yeah, well. Take a look at statistics and explain before we get to them why they're pointless. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, average allowance for the year was $499. That's uh, about $10 a week, a little less than $10 a week, up 6% from 2018. No, I mean, my. I know we increased ours 5.3%. Wage inflation. <laughs> what? Uh, I, oh, I did a thing over um, Christmas break because it was kind of raining and everything like that, and the kids were just bouncing off the walls waiting for presents and all that sort of stuff and candy in the house and cookies. And I was giving them a dollar per minute on the elliptical. And that was working pretty good. What? Yeah. Wow. A couple of minutes and they would just be spent. Oh, okay. And uh, (laughs) I was going to say, didn't didn't they get expensive? No. (laughs) They didn't really have the concept of pacing themselves, did they? They they got on and sprinted. And they would just go as fast as they could for like two minutes. Okay. There's $2 and things are calmer. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's a really good idea. That exercise is good anyway. So. Sure. I mean, yeah, it was blow the, off some steam. I've done the load them up with Benadryl, but that's probably not as good. <laughs> mm. The county might be listening. Slip it into the cereal nice. or whatever. Nice. Uh, top things that kids save for with their allowance money. I'll just give you uh, five through one. Books and magazines. Huh, my, my one son's gotten to that. Pokemon oh, nice. cards. They're both into that. Nintendo Switch. They both wanted that for Christmas. Phones, that's got to be the older kids. Four-year-olds don't want that. Right. Number one, as always, Lego sets. Wow. Lego sets. Man. And you got to save a lot of money for a Lego set because they're flipping expensive. Can, can because you... of people like me. Yeah. <laughs> Is Lego publicly traded? Oh, God, they got to be printing money. Oh, yeah. God, man, that's astounding. They're little plastic things made in China. Mm. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 85% of parents think it's important to vaccinate your children. 85%. It's down 10 points since 2001. Wow. That's how that, uh, in my mind, uh, tinfoil hat wearing crazy crowd has affected the attitudes about getting vaccination and why diseases we thought we had eradicated are coming back. Address your emails to Jack Armstrong. Go go ahead. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Write a really lengthy one. Put a lot of time oh, into it. Maybe oh. a first draft, then a rough draft. Include oh. links. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. But down 10 points in that amount of time. What if it continues on that trajectory? Then we'll have a lot of the terrible childhood diseases that kill lots of kids back in the United States. That's, That's what. More than 100 billion pain pills saturated the nation over only nine years. From 06 through 2014, sounds like eight years, except if it was all of... Anyway, take my word for it. Um, Newly disclosed federal drug data shows that more than 100 billion doses of oxycodone and hydrocodone were shipped nationwide uh, through those years. 24 billion more doses of the highly addictive pain pills than previously known to the public. The data traced the path of every pill shipped in the United States, and it shows the extent to which opioids flooded the country from death as deaths from the epidemic continued to climb. Just crazy. Uh, yeah, that, that, that story will be told in completion someday, and not many people will pay attention to it. Um, combination of the VA, I understand. We got a great email from a doctor the other day, which I have here somewhere. But they were talking about how the VA, in, in uh, for the best reasons, I think, 
said that, look, we got to do a better job of treating pain and chronic pain. Pain is now the fifth vital sign. Right. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And then corporate medicine and insurance companies got involved in lawsuits and the rest of it. And, and it, the, the, the trend, the cultural trend became, if you don't move, remove my pain, I will either sue you or ruin you on social media. I don't know which came first. Or complain about the specific doctor, and they get hauled in front of some board to explain why they don't just hand out pills willy-nilly to junkies. And after a while, the doctors, some of the doctors said, screw it, here's your pills. Yeah. I don't know which came first, pharmaceutical companies realizing pain pills are a gold mine or uh, the idea that we should be pain-free. But either way, uh, at some point, everybody realized it was a gold mine, and yep. we as a culture decided there should be no pain ever. Right. Moving around, moving along a little around the horn, this is amazing to me. Iran's foreign minister has come out and said, yeah, uh, some, uh, some of our officials lied about the downing of the Ukrainian plane. Some of some of our folks were lying, um, but here's the truth. Yeah, we we did it. We they did. must really be feeling the pressure from uh, internally. I don't think yeah. it's because they're worried about what the rest of the world thinks. It's got to be all those students in the street rioting. A little of both, because the rest of the world holds their economic fate. So I think it's both. But those people rioting in the streets more boldly than has ever happened, ever in the 40-year existence of the regime. Yeah. You know, chanting uh, death to the Ayatollah. Yeah. How are those people going to survive? Carefully walking around the American and Israeli flags that the Ayatollah put there for them to walk on. That's a gesture. You know, the one thing, because I I don't like false, like, uh, optimism, false, false hope, you know, blown sunshine, you know where... Uh, as they say, Ooh, that feels pretty good. I don't know why they say that. Uh, who's more, ever done more that? sunshine up there? That feels Ooh, pretty good. Ooh, it's refreshing. Um, <laughs> so I find myself wondering as I look at the United States, for instance, you got college kids on campuses demonstrating in favor of or against stupid stuff that will be snickered at in a dozen years. I mean, some of the real wackadoo college. Uh, you know, uh, critical race theory, intersectionality, woke social justice warrior, fake social paper in a peer-reviewed journal thing that some of the friends of the Armstrong and Getty show, Bogosian and Lindsay and and Pluckrose and 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 uh, Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt and all the stuff we've been talking about for the longest time. So you can get college kids to demonstrate for dumb stuff. And stuff that they forget about as soon as they got a real job. So I don't want to overestimate how much upheaval there is in Iran because their college campuses are a little hot right now. But it sure looks like the regime has lost the young people. Mm. So I wonder if it's true. Speaking of evil regimes, great piece in the Washington Post, which I just started, but Beijing, China, is wage waging a gigantic unprecedented global propaganda war to silence critics abroad and to sway hearts and minds that China's system is the way to go. They have harnessed their billion-plus people and their pretty good technical ability and, and just the national will for a global propaganda effort. So next time you hear something kind of rosy about China, it may be straight from the uh, the Chinese dragon, the Communist Party itself. Wow. China is asshole. That's a good point. Um, and I, I, I can't wait to finish this article because I really, I, I, if I have a purpose in my life, uh, other than annoying people listening in their cars, 
it's I, I really want to be alert to what China is trying to do to gain the upper hand globally, because I think their system is dehumanizing, insidious and evil with a capital E. That's a bigger now, story. Come on, China. That's a bigger story for the next hundred years than climate change, in my mind, because uh, if China takes over the world, who cares if the world gets hotter? You don't want right, to live there. Right. Um, well, even if it's co-equal. With climate change, it's sure of a hell, sure as hell, a lot bigger than you know whether Trump said to the Ukrainians, "Joe Biden's dirty. Why don't you investigate him?" Where did we it, know he did? We heard. <laughs> where did the story that I keep seeing and hearing about happen? Where a plane accidentally dumped its fuel over a school? That was oh. LAX. Oh, no, w- weren't they returning to the airport? They had a tech. Uh, uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, they had a problem, a uh, mechanical problem, and the pilot was concerned that it might be. You know, a rough landing, and so they dump the fuel so it doesn't explode into a fireball. On kids playing tetherball. Three schools in the L.A. area. So you're outside playing in the playground, and all of a sudden there's just jet fuel? You're coated with jet fuel. You make it sound like a bad thing. (laughs) Sixty people were treated. Wow. Yeah. None seriously hurt, but... I mean, you're out there playing in, 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 you know, Red Rover. No, you can't play Red Rover because it's too violent. So you're playing tag. No, you can't play tag because that involves running. Somebody get, might get hurt. And plus somebody's it's ex- also it, which it, is uh, a stigma. It's exclusionary <laughs> and a stigma. Right. So you're standing still, staring, unafraid unaf- to move, lest you be yelled at by the schoolyard Nazis. That's modern uh, American children. And you're suddenly coated with jet fuel. That's a bad way to be. And Although then the- you probably get to go home. You'd ask me at age nine, hey, you mind if we spray with you with jet fuel? You get to go home and watch Gilligan's Island. Spray me! Spray away! <laughs> get, like, get my good side. I like this article pointing out that planes aren't supposed to dump fuel over populated areas. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Did they go into the particulars of the, the, the problem the plane was having? Because, I mean, if the pilot's an idiot, let's call him out as an idiot, but if it was a sensible precaution and everybody's going to be fine, you know, I'm not going to jump on the guy. Or a gal. They let women fly planes these days. What? They yeah. do? I know. I know. Did, do you have to stay I on? I saw it once. <laughs> we kid. We kid because we love. Um, saw this video from a school. I mean, I'm playing a video on the radio. Did you see this? Look at the TV. Look at this. I don't know what's going on here. Watch, watch this when it's about to happen here. Students run for their lives after a microburst collapses a school roof. Watch this. This is like out of a horror movie. Irma Gerd. Did you see that? Yeah. I don't even know what's going on there. It was so, like the evil spirits were, were the smoke rushing across, chasing the students out of the or gym. Or Sharknado. Or something like Looked that. Looked a little like Sharknado. Yeah, that's amazing. I love the modern news that's just just YouTube videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just viral videos. Today in the news. And weather stories. Here's a dog playing the piano. Yeah. Here's a school where jet fuel fell out of a bunch of people. Look at that. That's something. A microburst. We got to outlaw those. <laughs> That looks dangerous. Holy crap, look, you can see the sky. That's not supposed to happen. Later in the show, we're going to... does that school gym bring back memories, though? Yeah. Like a medium-sized wood floor, hardwood floor school gym. That was back before the synthetic floors. Um, Good times. That's America right there, Jack. <laughs> well, it was until the roof collapsed. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to talk to Mark Halperin later in the program here at the book, uh, How to Beat Trump, and he is a, an excellent, excellent pundit on uh, on politics, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, and the uh, a notorious rapper who's pretty much hated by most of America has said, there's too much hate on social media. I'm out. And we'll we'll tell you about that, among other things. 
Oh. Child poverty in the U.S. is at an all-time high. You've heard about the hunger. The Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's at an all-time low. But the that's not what it sounded like in the debate last night. Yeah, I, I heard some kids are getting money to run on ellipticals. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I realize the blank industrial complex has become a cliche. It's no longer clever, and and that's a shame because we've talked about several examples of that on the show through the years and through recent days. And I really think you you will understand the democratic party especially and big government generally if you understand that there's an incredibly lucrative sympathy industrial complex and a great example of that among other things coming up yeah that's interesting next on the armstrong and getty show sent over the articles of impeachment and named the managers today, and Gerald Nadler said not only is the president on trial, but the Senate's on trial. Oh! 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 Okay. And that starts next week. <laughs> That's a pretty good tagline. Sure. I mean, if it was a, you know, a two-hour drama on network TV. If it's a Bruce Senate Willis movie. Is, right. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of got that sound. So, old uh, Nadler and Pencil Neck Chef are in charge. Unbelievable. Little Adam Schiff, not a long hitter. <laughs> who of us, who among us, could forget the great Danielle Brigoli? The name doesn't ring a bell. Here's Danielle. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch hey. you outside? What does that mean? There she is on the show of the great exploitive fake Dr. Charlotte and Quack, Dr. Phil. Takes people who are struggling and makes their lives worse. Yes. That's Dr. Phil. Yes, and, but for his profit. Yes, for his for his profit. In and his defense. For translation, that was her challenging the entire audience to a fist fight outside. Catch yes. me catch me outside. What does that catch mean? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? So this mouthy you know, child became I would a listen star. To that entire segment again. Yes, she became a rapper. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> what else would she become? Uh, she uh, dubbed herself Bahad Bahabi. You know me. I don't like silent letters. It's B-H-A-D-B-H-A-B-I-E. Bahad Bahabi. <laughs> she made an announcement that she is taking a break from Instagram for her mental health. Explaining, quote, there's no winning as a celebrity on this app. Due to my mental health, I will be taking a small break from this app. Uh, let's see. She went on to reveal she made the decision because, um, I hate to say it, but y'all won. Congrats. Mission complete. Y'all made the little 16 year old completely lose it. Social media has not only made me who I am, but also is every reason I can't sleep at night. Oh, that's terrible. And listen, she's a bit of a, a mouth breather, but that's a really solid statement of truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You made me and now you're making me miserable. Bahad then shared some of the negativity she receives, writing, Imagine being called a racist C-bomb 
very second of they day. I think she means every second of the day, but let's not get hung up. Um, Air day. A racist white C every second of the day. I show off a tattoo, then they say I'm trying to be black. I defend myself, then boom, I'm labeled a racist. Well, that was your mistake, defending yourself. Everything don't I, engage these people. Everything I do will be considered wrong. Imagine me for a second. You just get a cute new wig and want to show it off, then the minute you post, your mood is instantly killed because your comment section is flooded with this S, wants to yeah. be black so bad, while wearing a straight blonde wig. This S is really draining. Yeah, it's, 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 and I'm, I'm a grown-up. And I'm I'm pretty solid with who I am and what I am and where I am and all that sort of stuff. And it drives me nuts sometimes yeah. looking at the, the text line and the Twitter feed and whatnot. Yeah. can't imagine if you're a child. Yeah. It's yeah. just ridiculous. So who are these people? Where do you come from? What is wrong with you that you need to do this? I tweeted out last night the new golden rule. It was uh, some church put it on their sign out front of a church. Tweet on to, uh, tweet about others as you would have them tweet about you. Wow. Or something wow. that effect. But that, it, nice. That, it, it is. It's just, it's weird. What a weird society. The the, the anonymity and the, the it, it, feeling like it's not real because it's on Twitter or, or Instagram. Just m- m- cruelty that hasn't existed in my lifetime. Yeah. And it's definitely been illuminating. It helps you understand humanity better. But at the same time, I don't think that understanding is worth what it's cost us, which is just bitterness and shallowness and the rest of it flooding into our lives. Those of you who are not on social media are thinking, (laughs) but, you know, some of us kind of sort of have to for a living or to stay in touch with the grandkids. And yeah, it's rough. It's rough, man. What a what a wonderful thing the Internet is and at what a cost. It goes back to the the great uh, Joe Getty philosophy, which I stumbled across a long time ago, talking about parenthood. Most things cost roughly what they're worth. I was thinking about parenthood, how incredibly uh, tiring and and exhausting it can be and how much work it is and how much emotion you have to invest in it. Well, that's because uh, uh, it's it's worth beyond all the riches of, of mankind. That's why it, it, it costs a fair amount. Well, the Internet, I think, is the same thing. Quick transition. Transition music, would you, Michael? Are you wrestling with technical issues there? Yeah, okay. All right. Never mind. I'm kind of bummed that it took so long, but this is my favorite transition music. I forgot what we were talking about. Yeah, I know. This is why it works so are well. We, are we transitioning from happy to sad, or what, what are we transitioning I don't from? remember. Oh. <laughs> I, I particularly enjoy this transition music because I studied German language and culture for many years, and this is a, like, German-Bavarian video with a couple of uh, yahoos wearing funny green, like, uh, Robin Hood hats and dancing in Lederhosen. Anyway, uh, speaking of Germany, the Chinese hog fever... It's cut Chinese pork production in half, and China's one of the big pork producers of the world, and along with the U.S. Get sweet and sour pork while you can. Germany is in a panic because they eat so damn much sausage there, and and pork has become so expensive, they're having a sausage crisis in Germany. I've had a sausage crisis. All right, I knew it was coming. (laughs) It almost had to. After a night of drinking. (laughs) <laughs> At home, you know, folks. I swear this never happens. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm nervous. 
<laughs> oh, boy. Listen, I have a number of things to say on the uh, West Coast bum explosion. It is one of the great stories in America. It is sweeping across the country as, um, oh, my gosh, I heard. Uh, here's a great example. This sort of utopian, progressive, dewy-eyed, unicorn-riding uh, policies take hold in various cities across the country. There's a gal who's the uh, prosecutor, attorney, uh, the, um, the DA, I think, in the St. Louis area, who um, they're trying to vote out. And she is accusing everyone against her of being racist and sexist because she's a, a black woman and a woman, obviously. It's racist and sexist. And I heard it explained that there is a racist conspiracy to resist her policies of not prosecuting drug crimes and property crimes because they fall on the races disproportionately. So not only is she gone with the utterly disastrous, trust me, let California tell you, my friends, this the, the disastrous policies of decriminalizing crime, but she's claiming anybody who argues against it is a racist. That's critical race theory, though. I mean, how idiotic can our national conversations become? That is critical race theory. If you are not doing things that are specifically for people of color and minorities, you are by definition a racist. So, nice theory. Uh, I didn't get to the whole sympathy industrial complex, um, but uh, have some pretty good examples of it coming up in a couple of minutes. You want to be a good person, and they tell you to be a good person, you've got to help out the downtrodden. So you think, well, I don't want to be a bad person, and that's how the government steals trillions. Oof. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.